0: All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to SaberSim's DFS Office Hours. It is Tuesday, July 19th of 2022. Didn't expect to be here on stream today. In fact, yesterday I said uh, there would be no stream here for today's show, but uh, my schedule moved around. Uh, I became available to do the stream as is normally scheduled today and then wanted to come on uh, and, and do one here today. So I am here. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, if this is your first time watching, my name is Jordan. I'm the head coach here at SaberSim and Office Hours uh, is an open Q&A show where I answer questions from the SaberSim community about how to use SaberSim to build better DFS lineup. So if you have questions that you'd like me to answer on the show, uh, the best way to do it is to ask them in the Office Hours channel in Slack. If you're not already in Slack, you can join. There's a link to join in the description of every past show. Uh, You can also always ask your questions live in YouTube chat or email us support at sabersim.com. We are still here in the midst of the baseball all-star break. We got the all-star game coming up tonight, actually. So a bit of a little bit of a uh, DFS break, uh, maybe you have been grinding, uh, league of legends, LPL contests of which there is, there have been 20 K to first contests, uh, every single night. There is actually a four game slate tonight, uh, which is LPL LCK, uh, for league of legends, which actually looks pretty fun. I might play a little bit of that. Um, we do have the three M open coming up here, uh, overnight tomorrow, basically. Um, So DFS coming back around here, uh, but of course on a little bit of a baseball break apart from the All-Star Game, uh, which is the one question I have in my queue here for today. It looks like Toasted Taters uh, wanted to talk a little bit of All-Star Game strategy. So we'll get into that. If you guys have any other questions for me, uh, fire away at me here. Um, I don't see anything else in the queue right now. I think this will probably be a pretty Uh, chill stream here today, Uh, just while I think people are kind of mostly getting a a mental break uh, from DFS, myself included. uh, I've played a little bit of those, uh, what are they called? Those uh, League of Legends contests this week here. Let's go ahead. Let me get the app, or not the app pulled up. I'm actually going to pull up DK here because we don't have... uh, all-star game support for baseball. So I wanted to answer this question about uh, all-star game strategy, but we'll have to do it kind of, uh, I guess, taking a little bit more of like a hand-building kind of approach. Uh, But let's at least give this a try here. Um, So... Toasted Tater said, playing light, but any all-star game strategy thoughts? Yeah, so l- let's talk about this. So, I mean, first of all, I think playing light's a really good idea. Um, I think, you know, it's uh, it's it's baseball showdown, which is already going to be a little bit higher variance. But um, we don't even really, you know, are – this. I think this is also going to be one of the main ways you can get an edge, and I'll talk about that in a second. But most of these guys are not going to play very much, right? You're talking about, like, maybe two at-bats on average for most of the hitters, maybe an inning – at most for most of the pitchers here. So you're trying to project outcomes uh, for uh, already a very high variance sport for a very small sample size for like all of these guys here. Um, Everybody out there is kind of having fun too and and screwing around a little bit as well. So uh, I would say play light, Um, but I think there can be a little bit of an edge here. The, The one edge I think that you can really get out of this is that, I I think there's a bit of an ownership edge here um or or maybe a duplication edge and I think the the big thing here is that uh the average player or I think the casual or the more recreational player that's coming in to build lineups here is going to far overvalue guys that are starting here um uh, if we look I was looking at this uh uh earlier today and if we look at this just kind of how this game played out last year right um you know, you're talking about a basically across the board, uh, on average, one or two at-bats for most of these hitters, right, in a sport and a game type where you're, you know, basically hoping to get the right combination of of upside, right? Like basically a hit or a double or a, or a run or an RBI or something like that is going to, like, give massive upside. Uh, you've got a couple of these guys get three at-bats. Last year, Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Xander Bogarts both get three, but most of them get two. All of the pitchers are just going to get an inning, but DraftKings, because by default, they're basically only showing players who are projected to start here. Uh, I, I I think they're going to I think there are going to be far more lineups built basically from lineups that are entirely built from starters um or very heavily feature starters. Uh this well, just in general, um, this year also, at least from what I kind of noticed here, uh, is it seems very easy to make a lineup, uh, featuring mostly starters here. Like if you go in here and you were just trying to kind of trying to like hand build a quick lineup together, um, that the pricing is so efficient, or the pricing is so inefficient, I guess would be a better way of looking at it. Is that it's like very easy to to just build a lineup full of all starters, right? Uh, last year, I, I threw a couple lineups in at the the last second here uh, for the All Star game, and that's not how I remember it. I remember like almost almost just purely based on salary alone, you were pushed in the direction of having to play a couple guys that weren't starting because it's so easy to hand build a lineup full of all guys that are starting. Um, I. And and because DraftKings basically says, like, DraftKings implies to the casual player that really it only makes sense to use players that are starting. I think one of the best things that you could do is use a lineup that heavily features or maybe even is entirely... Based on players that aren't starting, um, I'd be curious to see you know what lineups like that would actually look like and how how far I'd want to go there. Um, but I would say at least lineups that are overweight to players that aren't starting in the game uh, are going to get you really unique um, and probably give you just as much of a shot at upside uh, than any other than than any other construction. Right? Um, you know, number of at bats here isn't really going to correlate. I don't, I don't think too heavily to, to really to upside here. Like I mean the best case scenario. I mean obviously best case scenario is that you like happen to play some or or uh some combination of the guys that that manage to hit a home run. But even just getting a hit uh in this game um for guys like basically only getting one to three at bats is going to be pretty good. Uh and I don't I don't think there's I don't think there's a big reason to play players that are starting versus not starting, especially considering the ownership discount that you're likely going to get. Um, so you know, especially some of these guys here that just are going to be less exciting names for people to click on, right? Um, you know, some of the some of the names that are um, guys that aren't starting that just aren't as popular of of plays. I, I think you're going to get some pretty unduplicate. I think you're going to get some pretty unique lineups with some constructions of players that just aren't going to be very popular. Um, I'm not sure. You know, I. I was trying to. I I don't think I have a stance on pitching. Um, I would probably just fade Kershaw and McClanahan because I think they're going to be popular just because, again, they have that green check mark. Uh, I'm not entirely sure on these other pitchers here, you know, we saw just looking again last year, uh, there's definitely some upside available out there for pitchers as well. Um, if you look at the national league, for example, Freddie Peralta last year uh, pitched for an inning and through three strikeouts, Corbin Burns got two innings and through two strikeouts, um, especially given that there's going to be a lot of hitters that get one to three at bats and just do nothing with it. Uh, I think, you know, the the pitchers provide a little bit of a floor there while also having some some upside in their own right. They're also pretty affordable, right? It's not like um you're having to pay a ton, like their their prices are comparable to all the hitters. So I think it does make sense uh probably to incorporate some pitching as well, uh, just because they're 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 going to be a little bit more of a reliable source of of scoring while also having some upside, I I, I would probably skip the Kershaw and McClanahan plays myself though. Um, and, you know, if, if they, if, you know, if Shane goes out there and throws three strikeouts uh, and, and starts um, it is what it is, right? Like it, it's still, it's still mostly just for fun for a sweat, but I, I think his ownership is likely to be a lot higher than, you know, any of these other guys that just have the red, this, this, this X or this uh, not in starting lineup icon is not, inviting to click on this player's name. And I really, I'm interested to see, I'll probably end up throwing a few lineups into this now. Um, I don't even know if I was really going to play originally, um, but I think I'm probably going to now because I kind of want to test my hypothesis here. But I really, I think there's going to be a huge discount here um, on some of these names. So I also uh, think it's probably pretty unlikely that some of the like relievers and closers um, are actually uh, picked at all. Um, and I think that would be another way to get a little bit different. Now you do run into a problem of, you know, you're trying to project, um, like I, I don't even know, I guess maybe somebody in chat could answer for me. Do, does anybody know if pitchers in the all-star game reliably all get to play? Um, that would be a question I have. Like if we have, So we have what? One, two, three, four, five. Um, Can I just search pitcher? Let's see, SP. Mm. Um, Okay, let's see. Let's do this real quick. I'm I'm trying to see basically how many total pitchers we have, like for just the National League, for example. Um, One, two, three. Well, I don't even know. Oh, this would be the easiest way. What am I doing? Because I do think all the hitters will get at least an at bat, right? Um, but you've got, okay, so let's do American League. One, two, three, four, five, six, six relievers, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. 12 pitchers. So I, I guess, though, I, I think probably everybody's going to get a chance to play, right? They'll probably just do it similar to what like happened here last year. Um, you know, or if we go back to the AL, right. Most of the starters all get, most of the starters all get an inning, and then, but I don't know, there's only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, that got to pitch last year, um, here. So I don't know. Um, I think, I think that's just one thing that you'd have to, you'd have to grapple with here, uh, is probably have to take some shots on some of these guys. If you're going to play some of the, um, play some of the like the, the relievers and some of the not starting pitchers that that the guy might get a zero, but we're playing to win, right? We're not playing for floor. So, uh, I think, I think you just take a shot on it and and go for it. Um, I think the starting pitchers, I, I I think the starting pitchers are probably a little bit more safe to get into the game and get a chance to actually pitch while getting still all the value of them not starting. Right. Um, that would be my guess, but Patrick said, should we roster players at a position that has less depth, more playing time? um, yeah i i think i mean let's see so what we have five total five total shortstops i mean i think they're still gonna try to get these guys i guess that's actually a good point um like i don't know i the one thing i'm thinking though is like they'll probably move these guys around right to to at least get them in the game uh and get, at least get them there at bats right um uh, I don't know. Guys like the catchers are interesting, right? Um is there only is is Trevino the only catcher for the American League? Am I crazy? It kind of seems like he is, right? There must be somebody else catching that's just listed as a different position here. Or 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 is is he seriously the only catcher for the American League? I think that's interesting, right? Who's starting? Wait, what's going on here? Who's starting for uh, for the American League at catcher? There's got to be somebody. Who's who's going to catch? Maybe that's actually a pretty good point now that I'm thinking about it. Right? Um, I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I actually think that's a pretty good point. And, uh, like, as far as I can tell, oh, okay. Oh, it's got, okay. So Alejandro Kirk, for some reason, is listed as an outfielder on here. Um, There's your, there's your other catcher. So, um, but I do still think that's an interesting play because those guys are going to have to play more, right? Like uh, the outfield, right? It's it's very easy to sub players in. Uh, I think even most of the infield positions, right? They'll just move guys around to make sure they get their at bats. Um, You know, if, uh. I don't know guys, guys will get them moved around so that they can get their at-bats, but, um, I do think that's an interesting angle as well. I like the idea of playing some of the catchers there, uh, just because they are, they're the only ones that are probably going to catch, right? So you've got, I mean, on the, uh, national, on the national league, right? That can, the Contreras brothers, are they brothers, um, are going to get all of the reps there. So I think that's an interesting angle. Um, Patrick said chalky captain spot would be a Dodger player. Yeah. I mean, I think a chalky captain, I think chalky captain spot is basically going to be virtually anybody that's, that starts. That's kind of a household name. Um, I think Mookie Betts is going to be pretty popular just because of the playing at home narrative. Um, but I don't think he's going to be like far and away more popular than, um, here, wait, let's close this off again. Like. I think judge is going to be popular. I think Otani is absolutely going to be popular. Acuna is going to be like, I think uh, you'll probably have, you know, most of the names here uh, for the, the, the starting lineups, especially the guys that are a little bit more household names, just all kind of share a lot of, of captain ownership. And I think, I mean, I would definitely, definitely take a shot on playing somebody that isn't starting as your captain. I think that's probably the easiest way to get different. I'd probably do that in, in basically every lineup. Right. Um, just, just cause again, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's almost strange to me the way that DraftKings labels this, but it really, it really makes it look like these guys aren't even going to play. Um, so you can take a shot on, you know, the Corey Seeger or Austin Riley or any of these other guys, Kyle Schwarber, right? I mean, would anybody, anybody be surprised if, if Schwarber hits a home run there and is the optimal captain, right? Probably not. Um, and I just don't think people are going to get to him that much. So, um, so anyway, that's kind of the, I think the the ways I would look at it. I would still, yeah, play light, right? Obviously, mostly for fun, mostly for a sweat while you're watching the game here. I think the biggest edge is going to be relying on some of the players that aren't starting and building lineups that are a little bit more overweight to players that aren't starting. Uh, I'd like the idea, especially of playing some of these starting pitchers here, um, just because I think ultimately uh, there are... I I don't know. I mean, I think it it, it kind of depends. I guess I suppose we could get a really high-scoring game um, here tonight where there are a lot of individual hitters that have, like, big upside performances. But I think it's kind of hard to pick all of those individual guys out and build the optimal lineup. And I think, you know, if you can get – I don't know. If you can build a lineup where you have you take something down because you played, you know, Alec Manoa, who got nine points, uh, and the optimal might have featured um, I don't know, uh Cronenworth who had, you know, 16. It, it, the more reliable fantasy points that are available for the pitchers there, I think get you close enough to that high scoring outcome anyway. So I like the idea of playing a couple pitchers in there. Um and I do like I do like Patrick's idea here of looking at positional eligibility um and seeing, I think at, at the very least, the catchers seem interesting to me because they're going to be the only ones that are going to catch, and there's only two of them, right? I mean, it, it seems like it seems like the catchers are the most reliable guys to get multiple hitting opportunities because they. I mean, I think most of the infielders for an All Star game, like, can probably play second, third, short. Most of the outfielders can move around, right? Like nobody's gonna care if if you know the outfielders move around to get their their at bats, but the catchers are, are are gonna have to catch. So I think that's interesting too. Um but yeah. Um so I also I'm I'm th- I'm like really thinking now here. So I assume is this this is Willis Contreras, right? I assume he – so they're both – both Contreras brothers are st- starting here, and I assume they're brothers, but both of them are starting only one – I assume one's starting at, at DH. Let's look. Um, MLB All-Star starting lineups. I assume one of these guys has to be starting at um, the DH, right? But that would mean he's eventually going to have to shift to catch later in the game. Right? Yeah. So that's an interesting angle, right? Of like, I I think both Contreras, I think both Contreras brothers, I guess I keep saying brothers. I, I really hope they're actually brothers. Maybe they're cousins. I don't know. Um, are actually are, are probably going to get a ton of playing time. The more I look at this, because I don't see how they don't, right. They're the only national league catchers and they're both in the starting lineup to start. So I don't see how they don't get a ton of playing time. Um, I think that's actually a pretty interesting angle to to take here, um, because I I just I can't see unless, unless I'm just like totally not thinking about something the right way. Um, oh I guess they have okay I didn't realize there are three okay there's three national league catchers so I'll back off that a little bit I forgot Travis Darnold was here as well so like pres- presumably what I think will happen is like you know. Uh, Wilson, who's actually starting at catcher will get probably his like two, three-ish innings or whatever, two, two at-bats. Um, and then, yeah, and then Travis Darnold will probably sub in at catcher. And at some point, um, Willis Contreras will get subbed out of the DH spot as well to let somebody else hit. So, okay. So, but there are only, there's only, uh, two American league catchers, um, Trevino and Kirk. So again, I do, I still think the catchers are interesting. Um, I really do. But I don't know, maybe they'll maybe they'll end up sticking one of these guys in the outfield or something crazy. So anyway, it's a it's a bit of a crapshoot, but I do think if there's gonna be a little bit of an edge, there's probably a little slight edge in just building those lineups that are a little more um under overweight to the players that aren't starting. Cause I just think that's gonna be the least popular construction. So um Willie says stack all the catchers. Yeah, there you go. We might as well take a shot on it at least one lineup. I mean, I still do think there's a pretty a pretty good reason to believe that they're going They're They're at least a little bit more likely to get an extra at bat. Right. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, should be fun. Should be fun. Any other questions? Any other thoughts? Anything else? Anybody wants to talk about here? Um, I know again, kind of a kind of a slower day on DFS office hours. That's okay though. Um, that is all right. What else? any any other questions here for me on on today's stream? We have an interesting uh, slate coming up on Thursday. I'm curious what the sites are actually gonna end up doing here. Um, but the uh, we have like two double headers on Thursday. And, uh, and then another just kind of game. So there's like five total games of baseball here. Um, but so yeah, we have a New York Houston doubleheader. We have a, uh, uh, Oh geez, Louise, what happened? We have, yeah. So New York Houston play twice, Detroit and Oakland play twice. Oh, and then, okay. And then we have two other games, Texas and Miami, San Francisco and LA. So I'm curious how these, how the slates end up breaking out for that day. Um, but It'll be nice that we actually have a, a a slate of some games uh this year. Last year um was just the just the uh Boston and New York game that didn't even end up playing because it got rained out, um, which I had forgotten about until yesterday. Somebody somebody reminded me on here. So and then a big slate on Friday looking ahead. So looking forward to getting back into it. Um I would say, I know we have this note up here, last note here, uh, we will not be providing simulations or projections for the 2022 All-Star game. If you do want to use SaberSim to build lineups, um, I do think the continuous salaries thing, obviously, if you have a different set of projections, great, you could use that. Um, But uh, if you do have a different set of, or if you want to just use this like scaled salaries here, uh, I think this could probably be like fine... Not as like a, I mean, I want to be clear. I'm not saying use the scaled salaries for projections. Go in here, you know, build, set this to that and, and, and print and, and build lineups and just expect to, to, to build good lineups. Right. But I do think if you're, if you're trying to build a few lineups, maybe especially taking advantage of one of the edges we talked about here, I think you could, the, the projections are going to be so random anyway that I think this will work fine as a baseline from which to, to work from. Um, so, um, I think that's uh, I think you could use that at least. So, um, if you do end up doing that, I would I probably just turn min salary totally off, Um, and I might, I might go ahead in here and say like at least four uh, from players that aren't starting or something like that. Again, as a way to just get a little bit different there, but. Uh, okay, here's a question. Aaron says, "When is a good time to move up in stakes, stakes, bankroll, or take a shot at the next level?" Yeah, I mean, I think it depends. So our like our bankroll management recommendations would generally say to stick between two and a half percent to five percent of your bankroll for any one slate, right? For any any one main main slate, essentially. Um, I mean, I I think as your bankroll grows, that will obviously increase. Um, so I think that's kind of the most natural way to do it. Um, that, you know, as you, as you win, uh, you'll, you'll naturally find yourself moving up in stakes typically, you know, as, as those wins like occur. And it also it also it's important to remember to kind of move down accordingly too. Like a lot of times, you know, the pink or bleed graph of GPPs, you'll you'll lose a little bit, lose 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 lose, and it's important to be kind of scaling appropriately and maybe uh eliminating some of the highest dollar entries that you're playing as that's happening and then when you win and realize a lot of your profit all at one time, then you can typically move up in stakes and take some shots. Um so I think that's probably the most natural way to do it. You know, the one caveat to that is like you know if you have a, a a significant win that that really changes your your bankroll completely, right? Maybe you're playing with a you know fifteen hundred dollars bankroll and then you win ten k um playing a a certain contest or something like that, that will that the the money you are now playing every night will feel quite a bit different. Uh, so sometimes I recommend people start slow there um, and uh, move up slower rather than you know if you were playing five percent of your bankroll at fifteen hundred dollars to just immediately start playing five percent of your bankroll at a ten ten thousand dollar bankroll just because that it can be it can be a big jump right um there's no reason to uh I don't know to all of a sudden um be be sweating that that extra investment way more um so um but yeah I mean I, I think overall I would I would just stick to the two and a half to five percent of your bankroll personally and let your move up in stakes happen naturally. Um, you know, if, obviously if you haven't seen, um, our, um, DFS profit plan video on YouTube, I would definitely go and check this out. It is up here right at the top, start winning more with our DFS profit plan. This will go into a lot more detail about our contest selection and bankroll management recommendations. Um, and I think that will probably help answer some questions as well. So I definitely check that out if you haven't already seen it, but, um, and then with that, you know, in terms of taking shots, I I, I think, okay, I'll, I'll say this. There's no taking shots section of the DFS profit plan, right? If you're sticking to the, the you know, the best, if you're sticking to optimal contest selection and bankroll management strategy here, um, I, there's, there's no room for like taking a shot on the occasional, like higher stakes contest, uh. I, I, I think on the, the, the other hand, I think there is an argument to be made in sports that, you know, that you kind of have an edge um, and that you've been profitable over the long term. I, I don't hate the idea of, you know, occasionally, especially for like fun special occasions, taking a shot on a, I don't know, a couple higher dollar con- lineups than you're, than you're used to. Um, And, you know, I think sometimes you get the, the right role there and it, it gives you an opportunity to kind of, like really boost your bankroll all at once. Um, you know, I baseball is kind of one of those sports for me where it's it's probably my best over the long term sport, at least by by ROI. Um, and I'll take a shot like that on occasion, you know. Um, I don't think that's the worst idea, but you, you should understand that that's uh that's increasing your variance, right? And that's not strictly the best way to maximize your profit while minimizing your your risk. So um, Patrick says, are they still playing for home field advantage in the World Series? Yes, as far as I'm aware. I think that came up. I think we were talking about that the other day. Um, Eamon said, what's up, Air Jordan? At the condo close? What's the hold up? It is later this afternoon. So we're on track. Um, Patrick says, I'm looking to upgrade to a new computer. What kind of setup are you running at home? I know you had one crap out on you before you upgrade. Um, yeah, I actually built mine. Um, I used Logical in- Increments, um, which is a pretty cool site if you're interested in doing a home build. Um we're just talking about whatever today here but that's fine it's the uh, it's the All-Star break um but this site um is uh let's see this site i highly recommend this site um it's called logical increments oops logicalincrements.com and it'll show you how to kind of it'll you know give you different template builds for your computer um and uh basically account for mostly compatibility and make sure all the parts are compatible together. But so, and then there's a bunch of guides and stuff online there um, for how to do it from there. Okay, we actually have a baseball DFS question from from Stadia. Uh, I was watching a lot of your videos about stacking. Is the 5-3 stack still the most optimal or does it change throughout the season? Um, The 5-3 stack is the the maximally correlated lineup you can build on any given slate. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's necessarily optimal um it changes a lot you know the biggest thing that's going to impact like what size stack you should use is mostly the size of the slate right on um, bigger slates uh we typically want to stack more right you want bigger stacks you want more stacks just because there's there's more players in the pool it's likely that uh it's less likely that the winning lineup in any contest is going to be the perfect nuts optimal of what actually was the highest scoring line at that slate. And we can rely on tools like correlation more to just build for upside. Right. Whereas on a smaller slate, you probably need closer to the the nuts optimal. And maybe you need to build a, a, a three, two, one, 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 whatever stack on a three game slate to, to take a contest down. Right. Um, I don't typically, I would say in general, like I don't really use too many rules of thumb about what size stacking, what ty- types of stacks I really want. I, a lot of times I think the best advice I can give is let SaberSim kind of help dictate that for you based on the default sliders for a contest, right? You'll, you'll also get different stacks based on the contest size you're playing. Um, but when you come in here and build, right, this correlation slider is gonna be the biggest factor of what kinds of stacks you get. And we can run this. This is for the Sunday's Sunday slate here. Um, this past sunday and this will give us you know appropriately sized stacks for the contest we're playing and for this given slate right so that's my best recommendation um for me personally you know if you do want a rule of thumb or or a heuristic or whatever uh for slates that i kind of call small slates which is typically four games or less i don't even worry about my stack sizes at all i'll just do whatever whatever i get from sabersim um for medium size slates i would say like 6 to 10 a lot of times i want just at least a four stack in every lineup uh, but from there Mostly pretty okay with how other things shake out for large slates 11 games plus. A lot of times I will play max one uncorrelated player, um, so I will um use like four threes, five threes, five twos, and four fours. So, um, but Um and then Stadia said, is there a video on how to use Sabersim to build winning lineups, like specifically the settings you guys use? Maybe I missed it. Um there's a lot of videos. So on our on our YouTube page, everything's kind of broken up by sport. Um, so you can kind of go and dig for what what particular sport you are looking for. Um a lot of these videos are like longer streams that I've done with different people on the SaberSim team talking about uh, different different strategies and things like that. If you are looking for a little bit more just like SaberSim help um, in the up here, when you click settings, if you click help, this will take you to like this nice support landing page that we put together that has uh kind of a basic overview video of how to use SaberSim. And then uh, some of our most popular tutorials and FAQs that all will take you to our like actual help desk here um, and, and take you to the right tutorial here. So if you're looking for like sports specific strategy, I would, I would look here um, on the YouTube page. If you want more kind of help about how to use the app and, and get questions answered like that, I would I would start here. Um, This video is a really good one to watch too. If you haven't already seen this, I would definitely, it's only eight minutes long. I would go watch this because I think this is a very helpful overview of, you know, getting you started of like what, what the best things to do on SaberSim are and, and what, what the best, what the not so best things to do, I guess, are as well. Um, So that should be a good place to start. Um, in terms of settings specifically, uh, I think you'll find a common trend throughout a lot of our content and and tutorials and things like that is that adjusting settings is not really the best way to get a lot of value out of SaberSim, mostly because all of the settings have already been optimized to, to where they should be, basically, for the given sport and the slate size and the contest you're playing. Um, like you can see, we just ran this build, right? And this was for a... 20 max, 10 to 50k entrance size contest, right? And you can see, like, most of the things that you would want to see in your builds anyway are are going to happen here without having to do anything, right? Like, these lineups have the right kinds of stacks: five three, five two, five stack, four 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 two two. They're not eating all the chalk, right? There's some lower own plays in all of these lineups. Um, We're not blindly just like slamming all of the best point per dollar players. Right. We're, we're, you know, obviously on this particular slate, uh, Cole and Nola were on the slate and they were both like really good options. So you're getting a ton of, uh, exposure to them, but you know, we're spreading out on a lot of our other exposures to our bats. So like by default, you're getting pretty good. You're getting a good foundation of lineups to begin with just by using the default settings. So a lot of the ways that I recommend people start adding value is by tweaking their exposures in the post-build process to match your personal risk tolerance, right? Like you might look at this and say, I don't, I don't, I'm not comfortable with the amount of risk of having this much coal and NOLA, right? So you're going to make an, an adjustment there. Um, that's one of the best ways to to make adjustments. I also think making strategic adjustments here in the post build process, you know, maybe you've done some research and you uh, wanna fade the Braves, right? The Braves were chalky on this slate. Maybe you decided they were too old and you just wanna fade them completely, right? You can make adjustments like that here as well. Um, I wouldn't spend too much time on adjusting the settings. I think the best the best use of your time is spent making adjustments after the lineups have been built. So, Um. Oh, David says they don't get the home field advantage in the World Series any, anymore? Well, there you go. Thank you, David. Um guess I was wrong. I swear, um I thought we I thought I looked this up earlier this week, but um but I I assume you're be right. Yeah. Oh, that's was, that was a while ago. I don't know what I'm talking about then. Um it seems like that has been a long time ago. So seems like that happened a long time ago, I guess 2016. I'm seeing an article here. So anyway, Uh, Eagle says, uh, have you been playing DFS tennis with baseball and break? I haven't been playing a ton of tennis. Um, I honestly, it's been kind of nice for me to just have a little bit of a, uh, of a little bit of a DFS break. um, Plus with getting, uh, getting the, the condo sale done been taking up a lot of my time. Um, but I think it's a, a great sport to check out if you haven't already. Um, we do as of, uh, Wimbledon, um, a few weeks ago, have tennis simulations up in the app, full tennis support. Uh, and there's a couple helpful videos on our YouTube channel as well. Um, quick, you know, 13 minute video that I created of like what I think are the best ways to add value and do some tennis research and make some adjustments uh, to tennis lineups in the app. Um, and then this longer uh, hour long stream that we did with uh, Sheets and Will um, about you know just broader tennis strategy overall. I think both of these are good resources. So um, definitely if you're looking for a little bit of a sweat, um, you play some tennis DFS, so. But. Man, I'm embarrassed now that I was uh, five, six years late on this. I thought this happened recently, Um, but apparently not. So. Good to know. If it doesn't affect DFS scoring, sometimes I'm a little late to it. But anyway. Anyway. Any other questions here for me today before we uh, start to, to wrap up today's stream? Anything, anything else? Uh, that is true. I did see this. Patrick says, I don't think they're doing extra innings as well. Yeah, they are not. Um, it sounds like they're doing like the DraftKings thing said. Um. If it ends in an, so the, the home run derby following the nine innings, So it sounds like there's an impromptu home run derby taking place, uh, if they're tied after nine. So, which does not count for DFS scoring. So good thing to note. And nobody gets the win bonus if they're tied after nine as well. So should make for an interesting, interesting end of the game if it's tied up. So Cool. All right. I think we will go ahead and leave it there for today's stream. I'll be back here again tomorrow, same time, same place, 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, So if you have any questions, maybe you check out uh, the League of Legends contest tonight, maybe a little all-star game, DFS, uh, tennis DFS. Maybe we start talking a little golf. If you have questions for me, we'll tackle them on tomorrow's stream. In the meantime, uh, enjoy the all-star game tonight and good luck. See ya.